0: Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, and welcome to the Nat Coombs Show, Edge Rush. Nat Coombs, propo week one of the NFL coming your way, and we're going to try and give you the edge. The angles, the sharp side of the coin. Is that even a phrase, Oli <laughs> Thornton? No,
1: almost certainly not. But I like it. Maybe side it's Nedrush's the phrase.
0: I think it should be. I think yeah. it should be. Good to see you, man. A wheel set. You, you look ready, I've got to say. You look ready.
1: Uh, well, I mean, was there any better way to start the season, than we're recording this on the Friday, than last mm-hmm. night? I mean, last night was just incredible. So I found myself...
0: It's downhill from here.
1: It's downhill from here. It has to be. So I found myself. I didn't stop to watch it. Um, I can't lie to you, just Light, purely mate. because I have a lot of responsibilities, as you know, sure. I'm a busy busy man. Sure. Well, exactly. Um, probably
0: pr- preparing for the show, studying for this show. Exactly. You, you just couldn't even look at five, ten seconds of the game because you're. Eyes were fixated on graphs and charts and yes. spreadsheets. Right? Exactly, exactly. Data. So you don't have
1: any time. I don't have time to be staying up till four in the morning, but I will read it ball. later in the season. And also, Nat, it yeah. continues the narrative of whenever I don't watch the game, mm. it's always a cracker. And whenever I do watch the game, it's Love always it. really boring. So, so yeah, that's always so I did hey, it for, I took one for the team, basically. You're, you're that saying. kind of
0: guy properly. Yeah. You're that kind of guy. I I did, I pulled, you might remember and um, uh, longtime long um, time listeners yeah. will remember uh, the election night. When, oh. when i was so election night in america when uh biden defeated trump no comment whatsoever on that we're not going to get involved in the deep political waters uh but you might recall that it looked pretty good for trump during the night It looked like trump was going to win and i was drifting in and out of consciousness listening to election night but also listening to ball at the same time. So I was kind of jumping. I can't remember what the game was now, but jumping between backwards and forwards. There's the audio of it. So I had my iPad, but uh, wasn't watching it. There's no audio. I had a kind of similar version. No election night last night, but woke up in the middle of the night. Couldn't get back to sleep. Didn't want to go downstairs to watch the game. Didn't want to start racking it up on my iPad uh, and wake up the missus. So just listen to the it was listened to the audio of it, but kept drifting. Mm-hmm. You ever have that when you listen to games and you yeah. drifting yeah, yeah. out of audio at three in the morning? So you got this kind of fragmented sense of what the hell's going on.
1: Is that what you did last
0: night? Yeah, that's what I did for the uh, for the for the opener.
1: Did you? And how I mean that must have been did you get any sleep? I felt like it was constant drama yeah, and that entertainment. was the hard thing. But
0: then you have these weird passages where you suddenly kind of jump. I kept waking kept when you do that, you keep waking up. So you're suddenly locked in it for 20 minutes, and the next thing you know, it's like 40 minutes later. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Instead of what? instead of counting sheep, you were counting seedy lambs. L- Leg
0: <laughs> I like that propos. Yeah, you know, Legatron missing um got Legatron go over the 60 yarder, and Collingsworth just beside himself with this. At that, at that decision was uh, was already vintage vintage collinswell so yeah so we we started strongly right we had but really one,
1: strongly surprisingly to surprising to everyone
0: so we liked because we were chatting on whatsapp of course uh looking at uh, looking at the angles beforehand and i said i really like the over we nailed the over
1: um, yeah that's what we said on the show last week we said we, were, we said no matter what the situation is we're always going to take the over the show, I, it was justified know? yeah it was yeah, justified
0: t- Team total, but I remember what I what snapped you. It wasn't the over. It was when the line went up to nine and a half. <laughs> yeah. and nine and a half. I said we. Are, I'm all it, all in on this one. So I took that. Uh, didn't need seven and a half of those points. It turns out, <laughs> <Crazy>. <laughs> but I had them anyway. And so, and the team total, I had Cowboys team total as well, which is only twenty and a half. I got out, which is, I think, woefully underestimating their offense, irrespective of you know that what you felt going into the game about their defense. So, and you liked. Um, you had a prop bet, didn't you, that came I
1: did. I, so I actually had two prop bets. One that I said on the show last week, which was Amar- Amari Cooper to have a big game and score yeah. a touchdown, which of yeah, course yeah. he did. He, had a, yeah. he went off. And that was purely because I realised that everyone, as much as CeeDee Lamb also had a great game, mm-hmm. everyone was focusing on CeeDee Lamb and hard knocks and that narrative surrounding it. And I was like, just remember that Dak Prescott loves to throw the ball to Amari Cooper. Mm-hmm. And that was very much proved last night. And then my second prop bet. Do you know that- why I think
0: Amari Cooper had a big night? the main reason i mean that's logic that you've applied uh, I'll, I'll take i drafted him in our in our dynasty dynasty draft the inaugural Nat that show dynasty which has the likes of propo as the likes of asma begovich Marek law tom deacon shout out to steve saunders espn editor Some a big guns in there pete thomas i yeah, mean
1: really big guns who uh, witnessed me pretty much not draft quarterback for the whole thing.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: Uh, When I just saw suddenly all of the quarterbacks were gone by sort of round three (laughs) and I was not good to Carson Wentz. (laughs) (laughs) Carson Wentz, Jordan Love, who Ben Isaacs approved, so I'll take that. Ben Isaacs approved that one, so I'll Mm. I'll have that. Mm. Um, And honestly... Ben Isaacs in the mix. Yeah, and honestly, that is pretty much it in terms of my quarterbacks. Didn't quite... uh, I just didn't estimate how many quarterbacks we were going to go early on. No. Uh, if I was going to draft quarterback, I'd have had to take in like Big Ben in round four, which I don't think really anyone wants to do in a dynasty draft, do they?
0: I have got... No, I, exactly. I think quarterbacks were taken ridiculously high. Ridiculously something early. Something called Superflex, which none yeah. of us other than Steve Sauners and Ad, who sat there, who's the commission realised until about round seven. Exactly.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when I saw that, it's I was perfect. thinking to myself, I was thinking, I was so smug. I was like, oh, I've done so well here. I've got the running backs and wide receivers that I wanted. Everyone else is taking quarterbacks. That's got me so much good value. And then I realised that you could super flex a quarterback round round seven. I was like, Probably should have read that before this draft started, shouldn't I?
0: My favorite bit was when you were getting really concerned about why there were 27 rounds, and I said, practice squad. And you thought I was having a problem. You drafted a practice squad. Um, Right. We better get down to business. Yeah, we really should. I'm sure our listeners want to hear us talk about our dynasty fantasy draft all night long. We got to talk talk some action. So, first things first, difficult week, we think. Week one, never easy for, for obvious reasons. There's no. Uh, so no recent precedent, of course, for any teams, uh, apart from what you can make of the always slightly uh, fractious and incomplete preseason. Uh, so always difficult week, one of the best of times. But this year, the way the matchups have gone, there's some quite hard games to pick, aren't there? They're
1: really hard games to pick. But I think that is largely to do that because of how few teams, obviously with the exception of the Bucks, which everyone keeps talking about, how few teams seem to be bringing back large contingencies of their squads from last season. I mean, we're seeing t- teams go head-to-head who have both got new head coaches, both got new quarterbacks. And when you've got two pivotal parts of the team changing that drastically from season to season, it basically means, as you know, I'm a man who likes to rely on statistics, Xerox paper, the whole shebang. All you care about. But this week, I think, is largely going to be inherently reliant on theory. mm and I think that's where it becomes a little bit more difficult
0: because we're it's... in trouble. Then, <laughs> <laughs> so it's good well, maybe, to make about but you about, never know. You never know. I think starting quarterbacks, uh, almost half of the NFL teams, r- going to be starting a different quarterback to one they started crazy. week one of last season. Right? Almost yeah. half, which is a, and it is an extraordinary. It's crazy. That's what it is, Propo. It is crazy. So that is our that is our asterisk. That is our get yeah, out. That that's our excuse. With, that we do have our drew locks of the week and we are quite comfortable at those because we were pre-recording we were kicking around a few different ones so we've got we're okay with the drew locks of the week we like our we like our treble as well our our, our edge rush acca. yes the wind treble so we're com- comfortable with those we've obviously got proposed prop bets too so we we should be uh should be in good shape irrespective of uh, anything else but there are three games that we picked out in particular. One that you um, reassuringly told me just before we started to record this show. I don't know why we we picked this game. It's a really hard one to call, but that is Eagles Falcons. So we'll come to that in a minute. We're going to look at Monday Night Football as well. Yeah, uh, Ravens Raiders. Uh, but we're going to lead off with with Seattle at Indy. Um, so the line. Let's start with the lines and, and then the totals. So the line. I'm guessing. Uh, road favourites for the Seahawks. How heavily so are they favoured on the road?
1: So this is a really interesting line because obviously all of the drama that's happened in Indianapolis over the off-season means this line has moved crazy in crazy ways since yeah. it opened. So the line opened with the Colts' two-and-a-half-point two favourites in May, then it flipped to Seattle being two-and-a-half-point favourites in early August, and then with Wentz's speedy return from foot surgery... That apparently wasn't enough to change anything. And it now still remains minus two and a half in favour of the Seahawks because of Mm. all of this inconsistency. And I think that is largely because of the fact that no one really knows how much time Carson Wentz has had to play with this team. Whereas you're going against one of the offences, despite the new offensive coordinator, that Mm. has pretty much more consistency than most in this offense, so okay. I think that is largely why this has stayed the same. Because I think that Carson Wentz is a complete unknown in this Colts team, a complete unknown.
0: Yeah, and this is—I mean, this is making the the outright divisional odds really interesting as well. Because uh, I'm big on the Titans anyway, the best of times. But the whole Carson Wentz situation at the moment in terms of value. I think it's there for the Titans. It could transpire quite conceivably that we're two, three weeks in and the Wentz-Reich reunion is gold dust and he's flying. And And we know there's obvious talent ac- across this Colt side, albeit maybe more, uh, 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 you know, it, 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 the defensive side of the ball uh, with T.Y. down as well. I know there are issues on h- targets and weapons around him. Does he have enough around him? But it, it could well play out as... Uh, they hope, and they are looking like bona fide contenders. If it doesn't, if it plays out the other way and either Wentz isn't at the races at all or worse still, is banged up and out of it, it could be a long season for the Colts and then the Titans right now is outright divisional wins like absolute value because their odds will of course will will be slashed. Uh, what's the over under? What's the what's the totals at, at the total? So time this is interesting,
1: because the total hit the board at 52, mm. and then after a brief dip, all the way down to 46 following the news of Wentz's surgery, it has jumped mm. back up to 48 and a half ahead of week one. I guess the reason why it hasn't gone up as much as where it started is largely again due to the uncertainty surrounding. This Colts offense.
0: You know what I love uh, more than almost anything else when we're looking at the angles proper, looking uh, at the action. R- irrelevant historical data.
1: <laughs> but this is going to be this. we were going to get. I knew this was going to come up because at the end of the day, now yeah. what else are we going to be able to utilize <laughs> in week one? Sure. Like you guys, so, if you shoot down all historical data, here we're we are not go. really left with any data at this here. Point, we go in okay. week one.
0: Yeah. Uh, okay, that's a that's a reasonable point, uh, metaphysically speaking. But I'm going to go with the Colts have lost seven straight Week One games, <laughs> which means that the you've got to bear in mind that the Colts side of 2015, yeah, they lost their Week One game, so that should have some. Be- <laughs> Definitely. yeah, so many. Was Peyton Manning still in (laughs) 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 cult?
1: Interestingly, though, so I agree that I don't think that one bears any relevance to what we're about to see tomorrow. But that's largely because of the lack of continuity going into the season in comparison to others that we've seen for the Indianapolis Colts. The fact, even more so, the fact they've got a new QB, a relatively new running back, a little bit of uncertainty surrounding this offensive line. But Mm -hmm. the one where I, the one which I do think has relevance here is the fact that the Seahawks have won eight of their last nine games in September. I think that because of Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll, and they are, are notorious for getting off the fast starts. And I think that's because mm. of how well they prepare in the off season, how that's well they prepare in the preseason. And the cohesion
0: and continuity exactly. of which to your point at the beginning, and it's a great one, that there is, and we heard this a lot last year, didn't we? With COVID and a broken up preseason, totally unorthodox preseason. Well, those teams that have got, uh, already got familiarity with each other, particularly offensively, and you know, particularly of course in that uh, quarterback and uh, an offensive coordinator or head coach tandem, understanding and familiarity with the playbook. Uh, and of course, Tom Brady and the Bucks were uh, flagged as a potential real problem in that <laughs> in that respect. And that we know how that played out. So yeah. well, to be fair with that narrative, the first half of the season they were obviously uh, were facing that, feeling that a bit. So I think it's a really fair and sensible point where are we on the seahawks this season because i uh, one of the stats that always gets trotted out at the start of every season is uh at, well, and and discussion points in terms of the the seahawks offense outside of let ross cook are they going to change it up did they revert back to the ground game is that why he's unhappy is oh look how many t- apparently ross Wills has been sacked uh, 14,000 times. Yeah. Always gets tried that how much he's been sacked. But actually, again, if we're bringing a few of the points together, if you look at the more recent capability of that offensive line, and I'm not saying we're talking Browns level offensive line, mm-hmm. PFF have a middle of the pack. They're like 15, 16. That's pretty much where they were last season as well. And if you look at what they've done in terms of, mixing okay pff correction and clarification I have them 19th going into this season right but they were ranked 16th uh in terms of pass blocking grade last year which is the best of wilson's career the, dwayne brown's in the mix as well um they've got gabe jackson so you could argue they've strengthened things a little bit i think this is one of those narratives that is overstated going in to the season and often during the season. So the line's better than people are saying is what I'm getting at. We've got enough weapons around and particularly with one of the best quarterbacks of his generation mm-hmm. to, to be able to create a lot of damage. And on the flip side, the defense, which the start of last season was shockingly bad, got stronger and stronger and stronger as the season went on. And again, I think is better than a lot of people are giving them credit for. So I get the NFC West issue. I get the, the um, fact that compared to the 49ers, certainly probably compared to the Rams, they are the least sexy out of the three and maybe maybe the outsider to win the division out of the three. But I am quite confident on the Seahawks this season and I'm certainly confident on the Seahawks in this game.
1: I completely agree. I'm definitely higher on the Seahawks the most. I always think going under the radar in preseason is a good thing especially in the NFL and when you've seen all of the noise surrounding the Trey Lance Jimmy Garoppolo situation at San Francisco 49ers and all of the people they're getting back from injuries and then obviously you've got the Matthew Stafford effect in LA it means that no one's really noticed the fact that Seattle have kind of kept everything from last season and only going to have one more year to build on it apart from the fact they do have New coordinators. That's the only thing that's interesting and the only unknown we're going into with this. But when Mm. you've got Russell Wilson, who is someone who, despite he actually came out and said this new offense is incredibly complex. Mm. But if there's anyone you really trust with a new offense that's incredibly complex to kind of be able to hit the ground running, it's Russell Wilson, because all you hear about is the fact that he spent the whole summer in his backyard. With DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett throwing balls to them, and yeah. basically learning it as intently as he possibly can.
0: So I, I remember, I I've definitely told you this before, and uh, apologies again, long time listeners, if I've dropped dropped this story one too many times or this anecdote. But I remember watching that Gruden series. That Gruden, when he was in broadcasting phase, Gruden uh, had mm. interviewing all the reasonably high draft pick contenders uh at quarterbacks and wilson of course was a you know a third round or whatever he was so it wasn't one of the, the the hot prospects and i guess he just kind of scraped in on this series maybe maybe espn had had to fill a certain number <laughs> for the series count so uh so they kind of and i remember thinking at the time wow this he is so composed and gruden particularly was blown away with his with his football savvy you know which all quarterbacks obviously have to 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 a reasonable degree but I remember Gruden saying this guy just he just gets it like he, the way he was communicating the way he could break down stuff the way he could uh, see things quickly Gruden was blown away by that uh, no doubt one of the smartest quarterbacks uh, of his generation so yeah you're right if he's having to deal with all and also it's going to be invigorating on in all new offense for him as well for, mm-hmm. for obvious reasons right he is uh, along with along with Aaron Rodgers uh, amongst the most unsettled superstar quarterbacks in the NFL right now. So yeah, sure. He is going to embrace the change. I'm sure of that. All right. So where are we going with game one then? We're both liking Seattle. I'm liking Seattle to cover. Um, the only question I think I have here is on uh, on the title. I don't feel strongly about it because I just, for reasons you've outlined, just don't know what the hell we're going to see from the Colts. I mean, this could be a, you know, a 28-3 blowout from Seattle. I mean, you know, if it goes any way, I think it's going to go that way.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think, unfortunately, with the state of the offence going into the season out on week one, the Colts will definitely need to rely on the run game, which I don't think bodes well considering that Seattle actually had one of the best rundies in the NFL last season. Mm. The Colts are missing two starting left tackles. We're unsure on the fitness of Quinton Nelson and Carson Wentz. And if that puts pressure, if Carson's going to have to throw to get anything going for the Colts, then I don't think that's going to lead to success or at least enough success to beat the Seahawks. So I agree with you. I think the Seahawks cover the spread here and I completely agree with you in terms of total. If I was going to go anywhere, I'd probably lean towards the under, but I think there's way too many uncertainties to be 100% sure on that.
0: Looking at this receiving core, right? Pittman, mm. Zach Pascal, Paris Campbell, Eric, uh, Jack Doyle.
1: Love a bit of Jack Doyle. Yeah. But- no, I'm joking. The issue one is Michael Pittman because last season he only had one touchdown, but he's going to go into tomorrow as the number one wide receiver. Oh, sorry, Sunday as the number one wide receiver. Mm. And I think mm. just from my prop head being on, my prop head hat on, if that makes <laughs> any sense whatsoever, Complete. Michael Pittman is the one to watch in terms of being able to exploit the fact that TY is not playing and to, I think, will be the one weapon that, Carson looks to go to as much as possible just because of his size and just because I think he's the strongest player they have. I think, I don't think the receiving yards, the over-under hasn't been released yet. I don't think the over-under will be too high. So I would look to that. And I'd also think that he would be quite good to score a touchdown.
0: Looking at that, yeah, so Trey Flowers and DJ Reed uh, corner, uh, obviously the Adams-Condre Diggs tag team in the middle is, uh, is, is, formidable but yeah i hear yeah, i'm just looking uh looking at that yeah i, c- I can't see any way that <laughs> famous last words i can't see any way the seahawks don't cover it's so a lock in uh all right next up eagles and falcons uh as we said at the top oh, of the show God. why on earth is this on all right well let's start with let's start with the falcons right who are at home so are going to be favorites how big a favorite are they
1: they are currently three-point favourites, mm, but the line three. just keeps going back and forth between three and three and a half. And I think depending on which betting company you're using, that will change. So the Falcons, basically, they're home favourites, ultimately. Yeah, and, and That's what you see with that three minus points three. Is,
0: yeah. is, the, is the home yeah. field advantage, typically. Exactly, right. so yeah. If this was played in a neutral field, you're calling it a pick and it's, it's Exactly. The, it's the conventional wisdom there. And then the total...
1: The total is at 48 and a half. That hasn't really moved, to be completely honest with you. It has stayed pretty much solid throughout the offseason because that is basically because there hasn't really been that much change since May when these lines first opened between what people expected from these offences.
0: Okay, so Atlanta, not a huge amount of expectation for Atlanta going into this season. Arthur Smith, who, of course, made his name. Rebooting Ryan Tannehill, and and of course that. type cat loves shot.
1: the Falcons clearly.
0: Matilda the cat. The <laughs> moment we get on to Arthur Smith, she, I mean, she. To be honest, Matilda the cat's been talking to me for for months now about how underestimated the Falcons are and how yeah. good this offense is going to be. She made the point that the loss of Alex Mack is a problem, and uh, no doubt, but actually that line might be better than uh, people expect. I um, Mat- we should do a show with Matilda the cat and Rufus the dog. Mike we Carlton. should do a show, yeah. That would be the first,
1: <laughs> the first, the first pet pet pickem. We could call it
0: pet pickem. I'm going to look into this all. Let's think about pet pickem for. If you know those, when you see, does Jimmy Kimmel do it when he when he has the baby and which way the baby kind of rolls? Either way, is is who's going to win the game? I think it's Kimmel that does that.
1: There's always one during the World Cups, isn't there? There's always an octopus or something who yeah. gets all of them right pretty much in a row. So maybe Matilda the
0: Cat, cat. maybe we need to
1: give Matilda the Cat an opportunity to prove how much she knows about the NFL. I love this idea. She could go against us for her Drew Locks of the Week. She'd go against us and we'll see who will do better.
0: I think we should find a game that we, probably the one we're just talking about right now, that we find incredibly difficult to break down and make a call on each week and then have Matilda the Cat, just whichever way we work it out, give her opinion on it and yeah. see how Perfect. well she does against us all right we're gonna lock that in from next week so the falcons i think offensively are gonna be dangerous i, I i'm still of, of the belief that matt ryan has a lot to offer it's an awesome tight end tandem mm. ridley's a beast uh the line i think is, is is okay uh so i i think they're going to be able to to put up points of course the, the question is Going back to your point, a lot of change, new head coach, defense. I think there are a lot of question marks there as well. So I don't think anyone's looking at them as serious contenders for a playoff spot. Although I have heard some people throw them into that hat of teams that nobody's really buying into, that weren't playoff teams last year, that emerge and make the playoffs. And and most years there are teams like that. Denver seems to be a lot of buzz about Denver being that team. I guess you could, if you're being literal, look at the, the Patriots. We've been, I've been harping on about them, of course, in, in recent weeks, but a non-playoff team who's most likely to make the postseason this year. But the Falcons, have they got a shot at that? Or are you buying any kind of upside for Atlanta? Only because it's division, I
1: don't really see them having the opportunity to, to be completely mm-hmm. honest with you. And I do think, again, you could be right. They could be that team that surprises everyone. But apart from Grady Jarrett on the defensive side of the ball, they just seems to have. A load of unknown sort of veterans who I think could easily struggle. And I don't think they really have managed to plug the gaps where they really needed to on defense. But four and 12, like these are the two on record worst teams in the NFC last season, which is incredible. Mm. They both only won four games, just the eight wins between them. And I think that the Falcons you'd be trending towards just purely because the, that record was, is unfair in reality. That's a classic look at the number and not the situation where right. they lost at least four games in incredibly, just incredibly, like they just bottled it. They mm. completely bottled it in those situations. I was watching that one where Troy Gurley accidentally scored a touchdown, which allowed the Detroit Lions time to then go down the other end and score a touchdown in 30 seconds. Like teams do not do that. And I think that's why the Falcons, people will be low, low on them going into this season than necessary they should be. But at the same time, I just don't see them fixing any of the issues that they had last year, if that makes complete sense. Their new defensive coordinator, though, has a reputation for... Getting the best out of his players, so and that you, may be. Yeah. Make the
0: point about vets on the uh, on the defensive side. Obviously, got Dion Jones was a Pro Bowler. Dante Fowler's in the mix as well. You know, there's upside with. Uh, <sighs> this is this is of course one of those the stars have to align. Uh, yes. you know, almost across the board for them to be a contender. You know, other teams that have more strength and depth just have more caliber more form as well i guess individually and collectively that doesn't have to happen there are certain teams where you think well if this happens and this happens and this happens for example i was thinking just trying to deep dive back into, into my mind about why i was thinking uh that the falcons line is better than suspected i i think a lot of people have them rank the line rank reasonably low but they've mm-hmm. got a lot of first rounders former first rounders on that line that was my that was my thinking uh, from memory it's three it's either two or three anyway Former first-round draft picks on that line who haven't maybe lived up to that billing, but could or could all come together, particularly with the new offense. Particularly with, uh, I don't know whether he's they're necessarily going to look at the you know a 12, two tight end set, but when you've got uh, when you've got Pitts and Henry in the mix, it could. I'm sure that's going to be a look they'll have from time to time. Ryan is absolutely still serviceable and can still do damage and uh, and weapons around him. So, I. Yeah, I'm concentrating on a glass half full upside. I don't Look, I'm not sitting here suggesting I think the Falcons are making the playoffs, but I don't think maybe it's going to be as bad as people are suggesting.
1: Do you think, though, with that in mind, and considering that the Falcons seem to be a much stronger offensive team than they are defensive team, and that we are going to see a shootout here?
0: Mm, I think much like the Colts. i don't know what kind of eagles. offense we're going to see from philly here
1: no, i agree but i just think that the one thing that i do back is the eagles to win the game in the trenches mm. and i think having jalen hurts and miles sanders who can both, i think that running offense could actually work really really well i think there's a lot of questions surrounding the passing the passing game I think Devonta Smith actually could hit the ground running here and Mm. exploit some of the weaker cornerbacks. And I think there is a possibility that the Eagles look a lot better than people are kind of expecting. Their Mm. defence is still really strong looking at it. I think they still have one of the better defensive fronts in the game. And I think if Darius Slay can look like anything that he did at Detroit, I think their secondary could be better than people expected as well. And I think that might cause problems for the Falcons, especially in this early stage especially the offensive line. Like, I don't think this is the ideal start for a new look offensive line, especially one that people aren't rating that highly. That's why, to me, the only reason where I'd be leaning towards the Eagles in this game is purely because of the fact we've got two new head coaches, two new systems. And I just think in these situations, relying on who's going to win the battle in the trenches isn't necessarily a bad shout. And basically also going with the points, I can't see either of these teams destroying the other one mm. i think this is going to be a relatively close game i can really tell you how many points are going to be put up on either side of the ball just because of how little we know about the eagles offense and why i think the eagles defense is actually quite strong compared and will put up a good game against the falcons offense so i wouldn't be anywhere near the total but i would probably be leaning especially if it goes to three and a half you know i love that number now I love that number three and a half. It's all about the number. I can't see the Falcons beating the Eagles by more than a field goal. And also, one of the Fal- even if the Falcons are, say up fifteen with in, in the fourth quarter, mm-hmm. I would still back them to probably concede fourteen points in the fourth quarter, <laughs> just because of the Falcons.
0: Yeah, I mean, they're look big name players on on this Eagles team, no doubt about it. And you know, particularly look at the secondary there, and the Slay, uh, I'm a huge fan of, and uh, and. That, I guess, negates some of what I was talking about earlier on with the uh, uh, the vibrancy of this eagle of this uh, Falcons offense. Here's a bit of deep dive and uh, research that I'm sure you've done uh, proper. We all know Joe Flacco is the number two on the Eagles depth chart. Who is the third string quarterback on the depth chart?
1: Well, this is what gets me excited. Surely, I don't think Flacco should be number two. Mm. Minshew has to be number two.
0: Minshew. Yeah, I mean... I, has to be and looking at ESPN's Eagles depth chart right now and it's Gardner Minshew the second is third on the quarterback's depth chart uh we yeah Minshew maybe because Jalen Hurts we just don't know what we've got no just just like Tua even more so than Tua because there's less we don't know we don't know what we've got with him he 52% of his passes uh is what he completed uh, last season and uh, when I'm reading that just 52% of his passes this particular journalist wrote <laughs> yeah, five minutes in the NFL as a rookie Literally. come on let's not let's not get in, in on a bad site but-, but you know where he's been really
1: strong is against the blitz mm. that's what I was reading he's been really strong against the blitz and the Falcons D will love to blitz this season. I'm sure of that. And he went, I think he went four touchdowns to one interception against the blitz. So I think he might actually enjoy this matchup. I don't know why Nat. to be completely honest with you, but I feel like Jaden Hurts is going to perform better than people expect in week one. And I, I just know that's going to come back to bite me. Oh, just, I've, said it, I've just said it. And I know that's going to come up. straight back
0: to bite me. up. This vibrant Falcons offense, three points. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I quite like Devonta Smith anytime touchdown scorer. How about that? That might be my uh my. I mean anytime anytime bets are a little bit. uh, Let's roll the dice, have a bit of fun. I'm not going. I'm leaning Falcons, but I don't feel strongly about it because I I just don't know what we're gonna see from. From the Eagles, and I, um, and really don't know what can see from a lot of this Falcons' side. So I just want to reserve judgment and maybe steer clear of it. But if you are going to go in on this, I would, I would lead the Falcons, not least because that, because that line, um, I think that's, I think that's a, a sensible play. But it is wide open right now. Look at these two teams.
1: Yeah, I think I'm just going to I purely because I think this is a pickham. And I think the Eagles are better than people will expect, especially on the defensive side of the ball. I will take the points. Only at three and a half, not three.
0: Ooh, it's all about the number. It's okay, the we're number. a bit surer, thank God, on Monday Night Football, which is the banged up Ravens. Are you starting a running back for the Ravens on Monday? All?
1: Hopefully. that I have. I have offered myself. I've sent my tape harbour and <laughs> tape, he, is it VHS, yeah, said. it's an old vhs yeah it's an old vhs <laughs> yeah i've sent my tape to him and he said he'll look at it and get back mm. to me as soon as possible but yeah i mean we who knows Nat? who knows
0: they uh at the moment uh looking Levy on starting, bell, isn't it? uh well tyson williams is at the moment is it as of recording this left bell was um in the building but uh rookie out of byu uh tyson williams is at the moment number one on the raven step chop because of course jk dobbins gets banged up yeah gus gets banged up uh and it is a problem i we've talked about this i think we talked about it on last week's edge rush interchangeable running backs it doesn't really matter you know it's a position that's so much depth there's so many players around eh, you know i get that argument to the most part but with this particular Raven's side, I think it is a problem. sure Lamar can compete. I was making this point. I was writing a column earlier today, looking uh, at the Bills in a little bit of detail. And the knock on the Bills this season, not that there are many weak spots, is is, is the ground game, right? Is their running back core and they're they're all okay, but there's no real there's compared to others, it's, it's not a particularly fearsome crew, right? And I was thinking about that thinking well that's less of an issue when you have josh allen as your quarterback right because he can compensate to a degree with the ground game and of course that's the case with lamar but this is a big big drop off from an explosive dynamic playmaking mm-hmm. kind of talent as jk dobbins just even the tag team there as well with him and yeah. Edwards to a, a completely unknown quantity now we might see tyson williams rocking up 174 yards a star is born right and and in this offense you you never know but that coupled with Marcus Peters out for the season Mm -hmm. they've had COVID issues other banged up injuries I mean you look at again looking at the depth chart, the amount of IRs I'm seeing and the amount of outs for the game I'm seeing they're banged up so how significant are those losses going to be for this game and for the season ahead for the Ravens
1: I think the running back injuries, again, as you said, it does seem to be a position where you can find decent replacements. But as you said, the combination of Gus Edwards sort of being a downhill runner who Mm -hmm. just sort of just absolutely dominates the opposition defence. And then you've obviously got the skill set of J.K. Dobbins to kind of be the the prettier one, the fancier one. So I don't think you're ever going to be able to find and replicate that, especially considering how dominant they were at the end of last season. They were incredible at the end of last season. They won their last five straight regular season games. And I think Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins were a major part of that. And it also offers a little bit of relief to Lamar. Because I think the problem was during yeah. the beginning of last season, everyone was looking at it being like, Lamar Jackson's not being as... Um, elusive and he's not being as profitable as he once was and this is going to be a problem whereas jk dobbins and gus edwards came in and basically rectified that and allowed lamar a little bit of time off so to speak so it wasn't all relying on him to create everything in that offense so i think that will have a major impact i just don't know how much of an impact this is going to have in the upcoming game against the raiders
0: i um encouraged by the fact that they've got Roddy stanley back villain, villain exactly, they have yeah. brought in as well i mean it's a decent line right so if you're going to be plugging in an untested rookie into that mix that's yeah. you want that in front of you as opposed to i don't know the um the uh new york giants yeah, <laughs> yeah, less, exactly. less likely to make hay that way I mean, the other injury we haven't talked about as well, which is quite significant, is Rashad Bateman, right? Yeah, so that is. That, that. We, yeah, we hyped up the need for the Ravens to do what the Bills did with Josh Allen. And, okay, Sammy Watkins isn't Stefan Diggs, but they got a veteran receiver in and then they doubled down with uh, by using their first round overall pick on Rashad Bateman. And our friend Ben Isaacs has told us on many an occasion – he's the kind of guy that's going to hit the ground running and he's going to be a star receiver from week one. Well, he's not because he's on injured reserve and he's not going to be playing for a good chunk of time, which means that they've got Hollywood Brown, Sammy Watkins, Deverne as their, as their starting receivers. Now, Mark Andrews, one of the yeah. better tight ends in the, in the NFL, obviously, and uh, a go-to guy and then some, and with this line, short, sure, they're going to be able to, to flex the injuries notwithstanding, but, uh, It's certainly, I think, not the Ravens side that has been framed as a Super Bowl contender at the moment. I think this is a team that should make easy work of the Raiders as much as you can in the NFL, whatever easy work is in the NFL, but I shouldn't find the Raiders too difficult. Whether they're going to be a deep water playoff team, unless things change, I don't know. I'm not so sure now. I'm down on the the, uh, Ravens right now.
1: Yeah, I think it's hard not to be considering how unfortunate they have been with injuries so far this offseason. But at the same time, the one thing that you can always say about the Baltimore Ravens under Harbour mm-hmm. is that they're going to be well prepared. You do you do want to, Are you ready for a historical stat, Nat? Are oh, you ready for it. it? Let's have it. This is actually crazy. This is crazy. Over Baltimore's last four season openers, Mm-hmm. They've won by an average of over thirty-six points per game.
0: What? Yeah, in oh, they 20- shellacked the Browns, didn't they? Shellacked the Browns
1: team. in 29- twenty-nine, a twenty-nine team. Sorry to say, as they embarrassed the Dolphins. Yeah. In 2018, they buried the Bills, 47-3. And in 2017, they had a modest 20-0 win over the Bengals. So not necessarily the hardest teams. I don't know what Harbaugh has over Goodell, but it's not exactly (laughs) like they're going against one of the best teams in the NFL on Monday night against the Raiders. So I believe going into this, I think there is a mismatch in the trenches on both sides of the ball again. I think Lamar Jackson... Will very much enjoy the fact that he's going to be in prime time, playing in Las Vegas with a packed crowd, and I think with all the questions, this is going to be the narrative going into the season. Are Baltimore going to be able to succeed with all the injuries? And I think Lamar Jackson's going to be like, "Yeah, we are. Yeah, we are because you've got me." And I think yeah. he's going to be confident it's going, going. One into of that.
0: those big years for Lamar. Yeah, I like yeah, I, th- yeah I, I like that idea. Uh, you know, I can see that definitely happening. We're not paying much attention to to the Raiders, and we should. I think it is. uh, uh, it is an offense that relies on solely Darren Waller. Re- <laughs> Josh, now Jacobs is injured. Uh, looking at the latest injury reports, a toe injury that he's been practicing. So you'd expect, even though his listeners questionable at the time of you expect Josh Jacobs to, to start. Are you down on Josh Jacobs? I'm a big Josh Jacobs fan. I
1: love Josh Jacobs <laughs> so much. I love him as a person, bu- I love him as a player. Bu- but I cannot. For the life of me, I understand why the Raiders have decided to start the season starting well, signing Kenyon Drake to go with Josh Jacobs and completely ignoring the offensive line. I think they'll have one of the worst O-lines yeah, in the no. league this season, and it's got considerably worse. So I don't see why you would have... Either that doesn't give me any confidence that Josh Jacobs and Kenyon Drake are going to be able to become a one-two punch mm. and a successful one at that and at the same time the raiders don't really have any pass catchers. I mean, unless you think that Hunter Renfro is going to have a, a breakout year. Rugg, or Rugs Rugs I think is the more Rugs is another Rugs is another good opportunity, but I just don't think. I mean, looking at Derek Carr last season. I mean, the, the it was interesting because the Ravens started slowly last season and actually mm-hmm. got much much better as the season went on, whereas the Raiders actually went in the opposite direction. Yeah. And Derek Carr's season split Tells the story completely. He threw 16 touchdowns to two interceptions and completed over 69% of his passes during their six and three start. Over the two and five finish, that line dropped to only 11 scores, seven interceptions, and a 65% completion rate. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why no one, the bookies, the odds makers, no one seems to have any confidence. In the, Ra- the Raiders having a successful season, but that yeah. could also be largely due to the fact that you would say the Broncos and Chargers have got considerably better in their division, and obviously they've got the Chiefs.
0: Yeah, I, I it's all really, really solid on the Raiders, and I want them to do well because a lot of pleasure. Wallet, our friend, Darren Waller. Lot, yeah, our friend, your best, best mate. mate. We, we were tight, uh, yeah. tight, tight in my, <laughs> Miami. Great Gruden, story as well. Gruden, uh, he's a great story, isn't he? Yeah. you know, Gruden is uh you know one of the most significant characters of, of the modern NFL and you know I I would like to see them succeed. I am doubtful as well. Uh, I am intrigued as to what it's going to be like. Uh, in the stadium, how hammered the crowd is getting.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Are you DJing?
0: We, I, I thought you
1: said we were going to sort that out. Are you DJing or not?
0: N- no, I haven't had the email yet about that. That's I a
1: mean, real shame.
0: It's still, well, it's Friday. So, yeah, still time. There yeah, is still time. time. Maybe you
1: you'll that. get the email tomorrow morning about being the Raiders DJ and I'll get the email in the morning about being the Ravens running back.
0: Amazing. Time. They'll probably send a jet for us if that happens. Yeah,
1: exactly. That would be we'll super Get Matilda
0: on the jet as well. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she she knows Goodell. She'll be, uh, she'll be in his box and sure all right so uh, i uh i like the ravens despite the the injuries in this one i'm kind of flirting a little bit with with the over but you have got me worried now i think yes that raiders line is bad and i could see the ravens absolutely t- terrorizing car uh and of course a lot depends on how fit jacobs is and particularly that toe injury is i think quite it's significant there for for obvious reasons. So maybe kind of leaning away now from what was the, because the three and a half was the line, right? So the over-under is what at the moment?
1: The over-under is 50 and a half. It's there or thereabouts. The only reason why I'm flirting with the over is because I think they'll put on a show, both teams, and I think they will be intent. And I think the crowd will really get behind this Raiders team. And I think they'll make it very entertaining.
0: And I think that might... I'll make sure um, of it if I'm DJing then I'll get a exactly it yeah
1: well that might cause the under to happen but <laughs> apart from the, yeah, that might cause the empty seats as well to say the least but, <laughs> yeah, but yeah that's the only reason why I'm tempted to go towards the over I think the Ravens have an absolute field day I think Lamar runs I think Lamar will definitely score a touchdown I think he'll run for 100 yards I think he'll have an absolute game of it mm-hmm. and I think because it's the first first game of the season it's at Las Vegas it's Monday night football I would like the Raiders to put up more points than I expect them to later in the season but if i stay up for it now it'll go under mm. if i if i don't stay up for it it will go over that's basically the way this will Got work it. love that yeah.
0: i also like the way that you say las vegas like you were a 1930s aristocrat <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, last vegas, las vegas, last vegas, vegas las vegas las vegas las vegas las vegas las vegas las las vegas darling las vegas. vegas i need to reinstall Vegas, baby vegas, vegas, i've never right. been to vegas that's why we've got to sort that out we've got to sort that well the draft yeah. is the draft's next right? yeah exactly we were exactly. meant to go before the draft got rebooted uh because the draft of course was that was the co- first covid draft wasn't it the virtual <clears> draft was the one meant to be in vegas if memory serves me correctly. You're looking at me me blankly. All right. So uh, big on the Ravens in Monday night football's opener uh, uh, on ESPN. Of course we are uh, company men. All right, let's get into the prop bets. Yeah. The prop bets. You got three of them, three of them this week.
1: Three of them. And the, how confident
0: are you? Oh. I'm actually really confident in these
1: uh, I think that's largely because I actually went 2-0 last night on my prop bets I didn't say the second one on Edge Rush last week so I won't count it on the show
0: <laughs> oh that old chestnut well you
1: actually opened yeah. the show with three the- bets that you didn't mention on <laughs> last week's show so I don't really know why you <laughs> can I, give me any stick this
0: I met a girl on holiday she lives in Canada <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> nah literally you are the one I've got texts to Harry to prove it so don't you worry about it you can ask Harry about this Harry still has his faith in me uh, friend of the show harry maynard we're dude, gonna always. get harry in the
0: mix aren't we i want to get harry in the mix i think we definitely we should. should explain harry to to our listeners right so harry uh is uh, is uh, uh a soldier in arms with, alongside us right when it comes yeah. to looking at the uh, nfl action although in harris gets looking at any kind of gambling action he can have fundamentally uh, yeah, yeah he
1: loves
0: it so harry and part of the the production crew on our radio show of course harry um So we often spend far more time, a disproportionate amount of time discussing uh, the gambling edge than we do the actual show we're about to uh, put on national radio. The, uh but we want to get him involved in Edge Rush. So what are we thinking because he's a big Crawley Town fan, right?
1: He's not only a big Crawley Town fan, he's actually the host of their pre-game show as well, That's which right. obviously gets millions and millions of viewers as, as you can imagine. Not yeah, only yeah. because of their coach, John Yams, who's one of the most entertaining men in football. Won't go into it now. That's sorry. story so glad you you shared, I'm so <laughs> yeah. glad you
0: shared that. We me. Let's, let's 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 mention that. So John Yams is his name, right? John Yams Oh, Yems, Okay, so John yeah. Yems. So all said, if you see the Crawley head coach? And I said, no, I don't think so. And he said, okay, I can send you some links. And he said, post-game interviews with John Yems." Did Harry do one of them? Was
1: Harry Harry's, in- don- Harry's done them before. You should hear the stories. That I think we should save this for Harry to tell the story. Right, they okay. are super. But basically, if you haven't the watched clips. them, yeah, yeah, we should get, get the some, clips. We
0: can drop, I'm sure we can sneak some drops. We can definitely sneak some interesting clips, yeah. news, <laughs> we can drop yeah, the we clips. We definitely right. can. And it is anyway. very,
1: very entertaining. But yeah, if you haven't seen it, Work. Oh no.
0: Oh, you Sorry, I'm back, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, you froze there for a second. Yeah, just pick it up. I reckon pick it up. M's. I say yeah. yeah.
0: Johnny M's box office post match interviews. Um. So yeah, so Harry's involved uh, with Crawley Town, also involved with all kinds of action. So we're going to get Harry on, and he likes to often. Match a Crawley Town bet with an NFL bet, right?
1: Yeah. So he loves That's a Crawley Town bet. double. Yeah. So when every time we last season, he'd always say to me, This would be like a Tuesday as well. He loves to get in early. He'd always say, oh, what's your best bet for the week? And I'd always give it to him, whatever that would be. And then he'd be like, Okay, cool. And then I'd always text him, being like, Oh, if it came in, I'd be like, Oh, unbelievable news. And he'd be like, Yeah, but Crawley lost. And I'd be like, <laughs> and I'd be like What do you mean? And he was like, Well, I always put in a double with Crawley to win every He's single incredible. time. And I was He's like, Incredible. Like, incredible scenes, but yeah, no, very entertaining. So I reckon we will try and introduce not only features just rolling in and out of edge rush. Not only do we have Matilda to pick the games that we can't pick. Yeah. We also have the Crawley town double, Love but it. does this mean that my prop bets are going to just get eventually kicked out? Is that what's going to happen? We
0: could never, never replace your prop bets. It just means the show is going to end up being an hour and 40 minutes. <laughs> <Yeah>. and we'll gradually And steadily lose all our listeners. Okay. So your prop bets of the week are.
1: My first one is Thielen, Adam Thielen, the Minnesota Vikings wide receiver to score a touchdown. I honestly think while Kirk Cousins is still the quarterback, Thielen will always have a great chance of scoring. Mm. Yes, we accept that Justin Jefferson is the new wide receiver one in Minnesota, but the one place that Kirk always finds Thielen is in the red zone. Thielen caught eight of 12 targets in the red zone last season, and he didn't even make it to a 1,000 yards now. He didn't even make it to a 1,000 yards receiving, but he had 14 touchdowns. I think this is a Bengals secondary, as much as I'd love to say. I think it has improved with the introduction of Mike Hilton. Mm -hmm. I think they're going to be primarily focused on stopping Justin Jefferson. Mm -hmm. And I think that will be, that will give Adam Thielen the opportunity in the same way it did last season to have a lot of fun in the red zone. And yeah, I like Thielen to score a touchdown here against the Bengals. I actually like to see this as quite a high-scoring game. We noticed mm. it. The line is currently at 46.5. Yeah, at we the quite morning. like that, did not we? Uh, yeah. We do quite like that. I think that's an interesting play. My mm. second play of the week, Hibby. which you're going to love, mm. because it's you are the worst Dolphins fan in the history of Dolphins fans, by the way. I've mean? listened to you speak for a whole summer about how much you love the Patriots.
0: Yeah well that's that's cuz I'm I'm, I'm <laughs> oh, com- comfortable in my own skin comfortable in my own skin that I can big up the rivalry uh, pick up the rivals and and not... and You know, that's just my journalistic integrity proper. Yeah, of course it is. <laughs> of course it is.
1: Yeah, of course it is. I heard that one. But no, I also think... I mean, there's a lot of sharps actually going on the Patriots. We haven't discussed it here. But every sharp I've kind of read and looked into is Thank all you. taking Patriots minus two and a half. So that is completely fair enough. But the one play I like on the prop side of it is Damian Harris to score a touchdown. Mm,
0: I, I don't
1: think Harris is going to be much of a factor in the passing game. But why I love this is because... He's going to be their short yardage and goal line back because Cam Newton's now gone. Right. He's going to have at least 12 to 15 carries every single game. And I expect them to use him as that downhill runner in the red zone. I don't think the matchup is necessarily the best against the Dolphins. But in a game where I see New England looking to their incredible offensive line run protection to ease Mac Jones into his first NFL star, I think Damian Harris has a great chance to score a touchdown.
0: Mm, I like that, and I like. Uh, I'm interested on that with Johnny Smith, Hunter Henry combined receptions. I think that could be quite interesting. Look, I think they're going to target them heavily. In, do they in, offer like, that? I don't know if they do. I'm sure, I'm sure you <laughs> can find that somewhere. Well, yeah, individually, maybe. and then you can double them down, right? Yeah, because I guess you
1: could, yeah. Individual, individual, double them down. Yeah, down. yeah. No, you could definitely uh, find a bet builder as well.
0: Ramondre Stevenson, watch out for that name. That's what I'm yeah, saying.
1: Yeah, Ramondre Stevenson obviously had an amazing pre-season, but I do think sometimes people pay a little bit too attention to preseason. So I think Damien mm-hmm. Harris is actually going to be the one who will score the touchdowns. And I could be completely wrong now, but we'll wait and see. My last one. Yeah. Because someone has to catch the football for the Texans. Technically, that is correct. Technically, that is correct. I like Brandon Cooks to score a touchdown against the Jacksonville Jaguars this week. Nice. I don't think they have a very good pass defense to Jaguars whatsoever. In the league last season, Cooks scorched them for 200 yards receiving and two touchdowns in two meetings last season. Take the over yardage as well. So I reckon Tyrell Taylor, he's going to pretty much be the only person Tyrell Taylor can throw to both in the end zone
0: and in the backfield.
1: So... Yeah, I like Brandon Cook to score a touchdown, and I think that might be I might be the only person betting on anything to do with the Houston Texans at the beginning of the season.
0: I, unless people are betting our position team total uh, yeah. above thirty-seven, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, love that. All right, the propo prop bets uh, liking that. So, where are we now? Drew Lock of the week.
1: Right, Drew Lock of the week.
0: Drew Lock of the week. I've I whittled it down to two propo. So I'm going to you know throw out both. You can't anyway, do that. That literally my... takes <laughs> <Just> defeats <laughs> the point of it. Yeah, yeah. Literally
1: defeats the point okay. of it. It's is the week one of the feature. All right. And you're already ruining it.
0: <laughs> okay. All right. In which case, all right, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with the over the total in Browns Chiefs. Nice, yeah. like it. Which it's been creeping up a bit, but I don't care. It's one of those I don't within reason don't care. It's up to fifty-four, fifty-four and a half, depending on where you're looking, depending on the time of recording. I would follow it up to fifty-five, I think. Um uh, maybe even if you're feeling ambitious. 50. I just think it's gonna be a, a I think it's gonna be a shootout. I think it is gonna be a great game. It's the it's the game I'm looking forward to most uh, yeah. uh, this weekend. And I can't see Either offense getting neutralized to the degree where that isn't a very attainable total. So I'm not sure where I at what I feel about the line five and a half at the moment. Uh, obviously the, the the Chiefs are favourites, uh, but the total I'm in. So I'm to go. That's my Drew Lock of the week. The over in Browns Chiefs.
1: Mine's quite controversial. That I won't lie to you. Really? Yeah, this is controversial purely because. Of anyone who's been listening to this show for a long time, I don't think we've ever really backed an under, just purely out of principle.
0: <sighs> My God, that is a that is a jaw dropping move for show one of the season.
1: It's it is jaw dropping, but I think there's good reason behind it. Mm-hmm. And what I will say now is, if this doesn't come off. Mm-hmm. I will retire my underpicks for the rest of the season. It. For the rest yeah. of the season. Or at the least rest of the Thanksgiving, yeah, to for Thanksgiving. Yeah, until Thanksgiving. Yeah. I'll retire my underpicks okay. until Thanksgiving. But I am going mm. with the Broncos-Giants under 42. Ooh. It's a low number. Mm. It is a low number. I appreciate that. But I think this is purely because we're going to see two very strong offences Two strong defences, sorry, going up against (laughs) two offences. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Going up against two offences, which still have a lot of questions. I mean, Jones has weapons, but we don't know how fit Barkley is. We don't know how fit Golladay actually is. I think the Denver pass rush is going to cause what is a pretty horrendous Giants offensive line. Mm -hmm. A lot of problems. We've already discussed a lot on this show how great this Broncos secondary can be. So I don't really see there being that much of an opportunity for Daniel Jones and this Giants offense to score that many points. And that is probably why the under is actually hit in seven straight games for the Giants from last season. I have more faith in Teddy than Drew Locke. You know that. Mm-hmm. But I don't think Teddy has to be elite to win this game now. I, like- I just think the Giants have a strong run D. James Bradbury, James Bradbury in the... As a cornerback, will give them a lot of problems in terms of how, whether or not they can throw deep. And I just think Teddy's just going to manage his way to a 2014 victory for the Broncos.
0: We know we're big on the the Broncos D and particularly the Broncos secondary, which I think is going to cause um, Danny Dimes some problems. I love the fact that your first Drew Lock of the week is just throwing shade uh, on Lock by backing Teddy for the win, but still the under. I mean, that's just the definition of shade, right? I mean, I love that. I love that. Offer. Yeah, exactly. That's uh, the
1: thing. I thought I might as well just throw shade at Drew Locke as this is named after him because he ruined my Drew Lock last year.
0: He did. We quite like, the the one we quite liked. Uh, was the the Jets Panthers total? That's crept up a fair bit, it seems, since since earlier in the week when I when I looked at it So "What do you think about that?" It's around 44 now, which does seem quite low. The Sam Darnold Revenge Bowl, of course, the, the Jets Panthers. I'm quite intrigued by that. I'm quite intrigued by that Uh, by that number, 44. So I might have a little look at that come Sunday.
1: Yeah, I like that as well. I think that's a very interesting one. And I also quite like the Jags-Texans over. I think it's at, what, 45 and a half now, 44 and a half now. I think that's quite interesting oh, yeah. just because I don't think yeah. either of their defences are very good. I don't actually mind Tyrod Taylor as a quarterback, but I think there's going to be a lot of... I think in both those games... The exciting thing is I think there'll be quite a few turnovers and I think yes. that can always lead to points. Yeah, And that's yeah, yeah. what I think is quite exciting about those two. And it'll be fun watching those two games betting on the overs. It'll be very entertaining yeah. because all of the craziness that's likely to happen with those Much two matchups that way. Just, will yeah. be very, very entertaining.
0: All right, uh, our Acker of the Week. So three teams, take them straight up on the money line. Where are we going?
1: So we are going, we're starting with the LA Rams, to Mm -hmm. beat the Chicago Bears in Sunday Night Football. It is Sunday Night Football. It's Matt Stafford's first game for the Rams alongside Sean McVay. Everyone's incredibly excited for it. They have one of the best defences in football going up against one of the worst O-lines as Ben Mm -hmm. Isaacs told us in our week one preview pod and a game manager at best, let's be honest, in veteran Andy Dalton. I don't see the Bears being able to put up many points, if any points, on Sunday Night Football. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I call it, maybe I call, am I going to call a, a donut? Should I call it a donut? You're kidding
0: me. No, I'm joking, not. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm
1: joking. I'm joking, I'm joking,
0: I'm joking, I'm joking. <laughs> I don't see the Bears putting up any points. Andy Dalton with his fourth touchdown.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. But no, I just don't think, I think they may be able to put up some points, but I don't think they'll be able to put up enough. Yeah, I agree. To keep I, to, up with I, Stafford Woods' up, cup and go. Yeah. I mean,
0: it might be. It's over a touchdown now, the line, but yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely straight up win. Okay, so we like the Rams. Uh, Lock that in. Number two on our act of the week is... Are
1: you going to say it or am I going to say it?
0: Well, hang on. <laughs> <Wait a
1: minute. laughs> the running order. This is why we have a running order now. Yes. You were meant to start. I was I going to the middle,
0: in the middle. You timed it. All right. So who are we taking second? 49ers. 49ers, okay, Lions. Is. Yeah. Uh, they were my uh, close-but-no-cigar Drew Lock of the Week pick to cover. So they're definitely going to win the game straight up. What do we really need to say here other than the Lions may be the worst team Worst roster in the NFL. They're going to have a shootout with the Texans, I think, for for the number one overall pick. The 49ers rebooted across the board in Jimmy G. We trust. I drafted Jimmy G in a fantasy draft, no less yesterday. He is going to run for the foreseeable future. All this Trey on stuff. Great, exciting. I get it. Definitely not for a while. And as we've talked about on this very show, we talked about it with our friend Greg Rosenthal earlier in the week. There is a very credible... Uh, way that this season plays out for the 49ers, it sees Jimmy Garoppolo front and centre, comeback player of the year, leading his team into the playoffs, not despite him, but uh, him being a significant part of that. Let's remember it's so easy to write off players too quickly. And Jimmy Garoppolo... Yeah, I I like starting to get the job done against Detroit with everything he's got around him. That running game looks serious. He's got Mm. the best lines in the business. Defensive stars all around, rebooted and back. The Lions haven't got a hope. They're 49ers straight. Yeah,
1: Yeah, and I think Nick Bosa is going to go off in this game. I think he's going to have an absolute field day. And I think it's going to get... I think Jared Goff might start seeing ghosts is I think (laughs) what's going to happen in this game. It's going to be tough. It is going to be tough. Who's
0: the Lions' backup?
1: Who is the? Light? Is it Jeff Driscoll?
0: Yeah, that's a good bit of intel. If it is, let's see. Is it's Jeff? Oh, it's tantalisingly taken. No, it is. It's not Jeff Driscoll. <sighs> it's David Blau. Do you remember David, David Blau.
1: Blau. David Blau. God, they have a lot of faith in Jared Goff. If David Oof. Blau is their backup. Wow, that is not going to end well for the Detroit Lions, I don't think. It couldn't be any worse for an opening matchup, and I think that mm. would be out of all of the games. Okay, what would be a bigger upset now if the mm. Brown if the Bears beat the Rams or if the Lions beat the Forty Nine ers? Lions beat the 49ers. Yeah, I agree. I think it'd be the biggest upset of the week by far. No doubt, it would be cr- that would be a crazy situation, but it, not out of the possibility with That's the NFL, happened, and especially because we put them in our edge rusher. So mm. that means there's a more like particularly chance it's happen.
0: because we put them in the right in the acre, yeah. yeah, all right, and uh, who's started uh, the Acker?
1: Uh, third we've already explained why we think they're going to comfortably win Monday Night Football. It is the Ravens against the Raiders. I think the Ravens will simply have too much on both sides of the ball for the Raiders to be able to keep up. I don't necessarily think this will be a complete blowout. I don't think the Ravens will comfortably win this because of how many changes they've had in recent times because of those injuries. I think if they had J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards starting and Marcus Peters, this would be an absolute runaway game. But I think the fact they're going to have to adapt, the fact that their preparation has been affected slightly means that it won't be as comfortable as it was, but I still expect them to easily win this game. I think Lamar Jackson is going to go absolutely crazy. A million touchdowns probably. And uh yeah, the Ravens win this. And I think so we've combined Ravens, Rams, 49ers. Yeah. Two and a half to one. I think that's a decent, I think that's nice. a decent value considering how strong, strongly we feel about all three of those teams. Yeah.
0: Agreed. I, I, I for a difficult week where there are a, a number of games that we're really not going to go near. Yeah, I um, I like that a lot. I like that a lot. A fine way to wrap up week one. Edge rush. There we go. In the books. A uh, good luck, all of you who uh, are fancying planning taking some action. We're back Monday with our Mike. I'm Mike in the house for our, our week one review. Uh, and as we touched upon a little bit earlier on the show. If you haven't already, go check out In The Vault, Greg Rosenthal, no less. One of the greats dropping by with his Super Bowl contenders. Ben Isaacs gets you set for week one, uh, supporting it. Uh, some of the games you and I covered. Then I think that's maybe why we ended up with some of these games all because we hadn't covered them in, uh, I think I threw a on
1: <laughs> You basically did, yeah. yeah. The Colts Seahawks, it was one of those where I wanted you and Ben to talk about it, but then you have to leave... Yeah. me to put myself yeah. out there and take care it wrong.
0: of it. you took care of it proper as usual i'm not surprised with all the research the uh, statistics you've just been pouring over for the last six, seven months. We appreciate that dedication, Propo. We appreciate that dedication. Matilda the Cat's still going to beat you this season in her pick but nevertheless uh, we appreciate your focus. Uh, Great stuff. We will see you next week, uh, Propo. Uh, Good luck with your prop bets in particular. Uh, And like I said, go check out The Vault. Go check out uh, the episodes that get you set for week one, Sunday. The NFL cannot wait. Cannot wait. Enjoy, gang. See you Monday, Monday.